Luke chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 11. And uh, my title for this morning's message came straight from the passage, but then I thought of something a little more catchy. But uh, before I tell you what the original title was, the, the new title is Four Words to Change Your Life. Now, that's pretty catchy, right? So then we'll just start the sermon from there. I get nervous, though. I don't want y'all thinking, you know, I'm, I'm a prosperity preacher here. But it's four words that will change your life. Let's read a little bit here. It says, and it came to pass. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night. And have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Let's pray. Amen. Four words that will change your life. Peter said, nevertheless, at thy word. Yeah, it's four words. I had to double check. The scenario that we have or or what, what is taking place is Jesus has gone toward the, he's, It says in in verse number one, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, there was a great hunger for the word of God. You know, I've noticed that. I've noticed that from time to time. And uh, there's a fellow that I was talking to this week, you know, he came to our Bible study and uh, got the opportunity to, he's like a sponge. (laughs) I mean, I, I get a little carried away sometimes when they ask just the right question. You know, it was almost like the Ethiopian eunuch. He said, what meaneth this man himself or some other man? And uh, he's looking in the Bible and he's reading from one of my favorite chapters. And, you know, that's all over the place, depending on which Sunday you're at. But uh, for, over in 1 Corinthians, and it talks about the letter killeth and the spirit giveth life. Oh, hold on. <laughs> And I tell you, uh, I started showing him things, and I, I, I mean, that just it gets on me. You start talking about the spirit and the law, you know, the letter of the law, and I start showing him over in Romans. I start showing him over in Corinthians. I just get carried away. And uh, I think by the time I was done, I was afraid he wasn't going to come back. Because <laughs> if you could have seen it, there would have been birds flying around his head, you know, but uh, there's a desire for the Word of God. And, and when I, he did come back and talk to him, and he said, man, you, you're preaching Bible here. Now, this isn't to build me up. This is just to say, because I know the feeling. I've gotten around preachers that will actually preach the Bible and not just, not just give you this or that to make your day go by, but will actually teach you the words of God. And it's when the word of God begins to open up to you that you, man, it just opens something up inside of you. There's a spiritual connection that you feel with the Lord. 
And it's like you're just reading stories, right? You're just reading what's going on here in the Bible. Jesus comes to the shore and he's just talking. And it says, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, there was a great desire for the word of God. He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And I want to take you back to verse number four. It says, and when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And verse number five, Simon answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night. Now I want you to understand what's going on here. Peter said they were toiling all the night. They had gone out that night and they were letting down the nets and they were pulling them in empty. They let down the nets and they pulled them in empty. Peter maybe said, oh, it tells you that he's partners with John and James, the sons of Zebedee, and they're partners in their business, and they're like, man, we've got to catch some fish. How about we try over here? We had pretty good luck over here last time. Let's go over here. They get over there, and they let the nets down, and they, they row, and they pull the nets. You know, my grandfather was a shrimper his whole life, so I know what it is to, to drop the nets in the water and to pull them up empty. But they, they pull them up and there's nothing in them, no livelihood, nothing. And they're spending their time and their effort and it, it's, your muscles get sore. They're out there at night and they're pulling these in by hand. <coughs> I'm sitting here, I've got a side story and I'm, I'm choking it back. I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm going to tell you anyway. My grandfather told me a story. He told me a lot of the same stories. My grandfather told me about when he was a kid. And y'all say, yeah, we know, preacher. You take after him. But he told me about when he was a, he was a young man, and he was working with his father, and they had built a boat, and they had put a car engine in it. I forget what size, a 350 or something like that. But they didn't have the winches to pull the, pull the nets in. And this made me think about this because... They go out that day, and that engine that he put together, some of the gasoline splashed on the manifold, and it burnt my great-grandfather's arm, he told me. My great-grandfather, he was pretty tough. My grandfather also used to tell me he was a, he was a bell helmet diver. He had helped straighten up some of the, the pilings on the causeway. I, or when they, when they had a crane fall off of one of the barges, he was a man that went down there in the mud and reached that chain up around that crane so that they could pull it up out of the water. He was tough. They're out there on the water, and that manifold catches fire, and he puts it out, but it's burned his arm. And they got the nets out, and he's like, let's just keep going, Willie. And they start dragging, and after a little while, he said he knew my dad. I knew my dad was hurting. He said, because my dad said, Willie, let's go ahead and pull these nets in. My arm's just hurting too bad. That may not seem like much to y'all, but, you know, to a young man listening to his grandfather tell about his great-grandfather, and he was tough. And these tough fishermen are out there at night, and they're pulling those nets in, and they're pull, putting them out, and they come up empty all night long. And it says over in verse 1, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. You know, you got your routine at the end of the day. That's how you close out your day. You clean up. They've come back in. They didn't catch anything all night. The only thing left to do is to take care of your tools. 
They're out there washing them. You know, maybe next time we'll do a little better. I think Peter's over there washing those nests with John and James, and they're dipping them and washing them, and they hear Peter. They hear Jesus over there talking to the people. And they hear, start to hear the word of God. And he gets pressed toward the water line because the people are just closing in. They want to hear. They want to hear. And I can't imagine that Jesus was really shouting. I, I imagine he spoke just loud enough for them to hear, and they wanted to get close to the word of God. Something about the word of God. They get close, and he asked Peter, he says, would you, would you take this boat out, push away from the shore? I think Peter said, well, nothing else going on. I'll help this man out. I'll do him a favor. And Peter gets in that boat, and he holds it, lets Jesus get in there, and Jesus sits down, and Peter just takes those oars and pushes it back a little bit. He listens as Jesus teach, teaches. The Bible says he was sitting, and he's just giving the word of God. And I think Peter sits in the back, and I think he's hearing every word as Jesus is speaking to him and telling him about the things of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That wasn't where he gave that sermon, but that was some of the things that Jesus talked about, right? Blessed are the meat. And he, so he entered in, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And then verse number four, remember Peter's been up all night. He might have had a nap or two, but he's been up all night. They've been fishing all night. And he's, he's probably glad for the break. We're, going, we're just going to try again tonight. It's just good to get a break. And I, I think he's forgotten all about that fishing. He's hearing the word of God. And then Jesus tells him, he turns to him in verse number four. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for the draught. Now, Peter's been out there. Don't know whether it's low tide, high tide, middle of the day, but he was out there at the best time of night that he knew. He was going to the best places that he knew, and he wasn't able to catch anything. And sometimes you just got to let it go and come back later. And Jesus said, let down your nets. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. You know, sometimes it gets like that in life. You come to a time in your life when you're just tired of trying. You know, you've, you've tried. You've tried to do better. You've tried to do right. You've tried to do what God says. You've tried to, you've tried to help someone else. There's all kinds of things in life people try, and there's all kinds of things that people fall short on. And he looked back, just as Peter looked back, he looked back at all them good fishing spots, and you look back at all them times that you've tried. You ever tried to help somebody out? They come to you to talk to you, and you say, well, have you tried this? Yes, I've tried that. Have you tried this? Yes, I've tried that. I've tried everything. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> but we get that way. We just, I've, I've been there. I've done that. I've talked to them. They did this to me. I did this, but then this happened. I did this, and then this happened. We've been toiling all night and haven't caught anything. But you know what Peter says? You know, when I'm at work, there's some jobs that I look at, and it's like, I really don't want to do that. I really don't feel like doing that. Sometimes it happens more times than I like. But I look at it, and I said, well, you know, 
I got two sayings, and they don't make sense to anybody else but me. And I don't even know why. To this day, I don't know why it makes sense, but it just, it just gets me up out of my chair. One of them is because I work by myself. Well, there ain't no little elves doing it for you. So you're going to have to get up and do it. And then the other thing is, whether it's a job, it's like whether you're standing around waiting on a permit or whether you're, whether you're engaged and actively working or whether you're waiting on somebody, or you're waiting on a truck, you're waiting on a lift, you're waiting on something. It's like, well, it all pays the same. And I don't know why that makes sense because you ought to be glad you're getting paid the same thing to stand around. I don't know why it makes sense. Because, yeah, there's no little elves. You're going to have to do it yourself. I don't know why that kicks me going, but it kicks me going. Peter said, we've been out toiling all night. But then Peter says four words that change everything. He could have stopped right there. Oh, let me tell you. I've been fishing this lake in Nazareth for years. I know the best spots around here. You might know about that Bible, Master, you might know about what God said about Moses, and man, you you know a lot there. But let me tell you something. This is my area. This is my lake. I know it. We've been out there, and we didn't catch nothing. I'm not the kind of guy that catches nothing. Now, just so you know that I, I am. I'm the kind of guy that goes fishing with somebody, and the fellow said, you know, I ain't never been and not caught something. <laughs> yeah. It's because you brought me. But Peter's, I know, I, he could have said, I know this. I've got it. I've done that. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried this. It ain't going to work. You just want to give up. You just want to quit. But then he says the four words. He said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, let's think about thy word. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the son of God. Over in John chapter number one, y'all already know this, but I'm going to go there. I hadn't done it in a while, I don't think. But John chapter number one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And then he said, who's the word? Some of you already know. You go to verse number 14, and it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It says he was there in the beginning. You go to Genesis chapter number 1. So where was Jesus? Well, he was in the beginning. Oliver B. Green in his sermon, he was in the beginning. Well, when was that? It was in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said. And he said, oh, well, you're just putting things together. Well, it said the word was there in the beginning. And God said, it said, not, without him was not anything made that was made. How did God create everything? He said it. 
He spoke it into existence. How does that make sense? I don't know. I just know the Bible says it. And God said, right there, Jesus Christ. You can argue and you can say, well, that's not it. And you can get into your Greek and your Hebrew and you can just say, well, you're just trying to. God said. He said, nevertheless, Lord, at thy word. We're talking about the word of God, Jesus Christ. I don't think Peter quite knew the impact of those words at thy word. All he knew was he was hearing a man talk about God and talk about Moses, things that he'd never heard. There was later in, later on in the ministry, and Peter, Jesus, uh, Jesus had talked about, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. A lot of people left at that time. He turns to his disciples and then said, Jesus under the twelve in John six sixty seven, and incidentally, look at John sixty six, if you want to. And see what that says. And think about that number 666. I'm just throwing stuff at you today. You can, you can believe it or not. But uh, John 667. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Will you also go away? And then Simon Peter answered him. Lord to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. There's something about that word. And Peter said. You know, I've been fishing all night. I'm tired. It's been a long night. The nets are clean. Kind of hate to get them all dirty again. I'm ready to just sit down for supper. You know, we got some dried fish from the good catch the other day. I, I'm kind of ready. And that's what's going through his mind, maybe. You say, well, it's not in there. And it's like, well, he's human, ain't he? Nets are clean. But he says, there's something about that word. He said, nevertheless, Master, Lord, at thy word. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So at that word, what did Peter do? Well, one thing he did was he launched into the deeps. You know, that day there was a lot of people standing on shore. There was a lot of people that heard the same words that Peter heard. But then there was a time Jesus spoke personally to Peter. There was a decision that was made right there in those four words. Nevertheless, at thy, Lord, at thy word. A decision was made in those th- four words that he was going to do what Jesus told him to do. A lot of people get that message. You can go to a church meeting and you can hear the message and it can speak to your heart, right? God can speak to you through the message and oh, it's a good preacher and man, he, he lays it on and man, he, he points to this and to that and I know more about history and things like that, but then it's after the meeting. God says something to you. Now do it. Launch into the deeps. That word was given to Moses at one point. He said, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. Moses said, well, I've been toiling all night, Lord. Forty years on the backside of the desert. They don't want me back in Egypt. They were ready to kill me back in Egypt. They rejected me. I tried to help them. I was the son of Pharaoh. I was going to help them get out of there. I've been toiling all night, Lord. They don't want me. My speech... But, but they won't believe me. But, but this. And finally, 
Nevertheless, at thy word. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to end up. But nevertheless, at thy word. There have been missionaries through history that have heard that word and answered the call. He launched out into the deeps. The people on the shore, they were still in their comfort zone. But Jesus was asking Peter to launch out into the deeps. This is just a little aside. Because, you know, there's just something about going where God tells you when it's out of your comfort zone. We've been learning about that in Sunday school, right? About the fellow on the plane, the, the illustration, the, the or well, you know, it was a testimony. The guy sitting on the airplane and the woman comes up and he's reading Way of the Master. And the woman comes up and, oh, excuse me, is this seat taken? And he, he said, oh, man, where am I going to put my book now? <laughs> he said, I was on chapter 16. It was getting good. Didn't want to be interrupted. She sits down. He's got to readjust. He's out of his comfort zone. He looks over there and he sees the title on her book, says God. He said, and he said, without even thinking, where do you think you go when you die? He stepped out of his comfort zone. He launched into the deeps right there. He began to tell her about the Ten Commandments. He began to ask her the question, do you consider yourself to be a good person? Began to go through it with her. He said by the end, she was wanting to go home and tell her husband about Jesus. By the end, she was wanting to go home and tell her friends about Jesus. You step out of your comfort zone, you launch into the deeps. In Psalm 107, it's a sermon that I've always wanted to preach well. I don't think I've ever given it justice, but Psalm 107, 23, they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. The idea being in the sermon and the thought is that you've got to step out. You've got to go out to see God's works and wonders. You've got to step out of yourself. And Peter was at that decision point. He said, nevertheless, at thy word. I don't think Jesus would have fought him. Jesus wouldn't have punched him and said, no, if he just said, well, you know, it ain't going to work. I'm going home. I I think it would have been done. Matter of fact, how much you want to bet? We'll never prove it, never, never figure out who won. You go back in time, I, I, I just bet Jesus came across a couple people, and he said, just launch out into the deep and let your net go. And somebody said, that's not going to work. And he said, okay. And he went on. We don't know about them because they never launched into the deep. Peter launched into the deep. His entire life changed from that point forward. Nevertheless, Lord, nevertheless, at thy will, I will let down the net at thy word. And when they had done this, verse number six. And when they had done this, there's another key part. We'll come back to that. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Man, what a blessing. We've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. Jesus said, launch out into the deep. Let down your net. 
Nevertheless, Lord, at thy will. Nevertheless, at thy will. Word. I keep messing it up. My own sermon. But they let down the nets, and when they go to pull them up, <laughs> and I, I saw one preacher, he said, uh, you know, some people have said this is the second miracle in this. The first miracle was filling the net. The second miracle was keeping the fish inside the broken net. And they pull it up. He can't pull it up by himself. Strong man that Peter is. He has to call James and John over. Come and help. And when they fill it up, that one net is so heavy, those ships, those boats. It's not like the ships you think of today, but those boats, they were sitting low in the water. That freeboard was probably about like this. I, I think they had so many fish in there and I, I bet Peter didn't smell good when he got home. They had so many fish in there, and, and Peter's rowing. I don't know if we're going to make it back. Nevertheless, it's thy word. He rows back in, and, you know, you couldn't have a motorboat come by. It would have sunk them. So many fish in there. God had blessed them, but not just one, both of them. They head back, and these fishermen that have been out their whole life, it says they were astonished. Verse number 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He saw his own condition. Oh, but by the grace of God, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's when you realize your sinful condition that you can follow God's word. You know, as people come to Christ, people get witnessed to, and they get told about Jesus Christ. And they said, yeah, that ain't going to work. Been fishing my whole life, ain't it? ain't going to work. Been toiling all night, and that ain't going to work. Their life changes in that moment when one person says, it hadn't worked. Nevertheless, at thy word. I'll do it. I'll accept you as my Savior. Their life changes. Someone else walks away. They say, no, nah, it ain't going to work. I've been toiling all night. How can a loving God? What about the man in the jungle? What about, why, why are you judging me? How can one person go to heaven and one other person go to hell? And it's not because of election. That's not this kind of church. This isn't that kind of church. It's because one man accepts Jesus Christ and the other one doesn't. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. Nevertheless, at thy word. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draw of the fishes which they had taken. There's one other point to make here. Well, there's a couple other points. One point is being a doer of the word. It said, and when they had done, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. There had to be a doing of the word. Not just a resignation. It's kind of a statement of resignation. Nevertheless, at thy word, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm pretty sure I'm going to pull up an empty net. But nevertheless, at thy word, but when they had done this is when they pulled up the fish. 
God gives you a word. You can resist. It was when Moses had done what God had said that Moses got to see the Red Sea parted. Moses got to see the provision 40 years in the wilderness. Moses got to see God on the mountain. Moses got to be head in the cliff, hid in the cleft of the rock while God passed over. It was when Elijah obeyed God's word that he got to get up on that mountaintop and he got to see the fire come down from heaven and lick up that offering. It was when David listened to God that he stood before Goliath and slung the stone and hit Goliath and killed him. Just a little P-dab boy, I don't know how old he was. He followed God's word. <clears throat> it was when he did. James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. A man walking up to a mirror, and he sees himself. So many people sit in church, the right kind of preaching, and God convicts them in their heart. And they see themselves for what they are. Just like Peter did that day, and he fell down at Jesus' knees. And he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. We see ourselves in the mirror, and God says, you see that blemish right there? You know, the older I get, the more the blemishes show up. But I'm not going to wear man makeup. That's a bunch of junk. But you look in the mirror, and where'd that wrinkle come from? Man, where'd that little spot come from? I hope that's nothing. What in the world? What kind of detail? I don't know if I want glasses anymore. There's a reason we lose our sight as we get older, right? But you see yourself in the mirror, you see the flaws and all, and the Bible points men out. Great men of God like David, great men of God like Moses, great men of God, great kings that follow God. But the Bible still shows us Peter, a great man of God. But the Bible still shows them to us, warts and all. And you sit under the preaching of God's word and you see yourself in the mirror. And some people just walk away. But James says you should be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. You get away from the preaching, the conviction will fade. It'll fade. That's why you get, if you get an altar call, God's talking to you, do it. Do it. Walk the trail. We'll, we'll keep the music going. I don't care. I, I, I love to see the tears. I love to see someone dealing with God, getting right with God. Deal with it. He said, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and that's a whole other sermon, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And Peter was blessed in his deed because it said, and when he had done, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. <coughs> so the first thing Peter had to do was listen to the word of God. The next thing he had to do was do what that word said. What did God show you to do? Have you done it? Or have you just walked away like a man seeing himself in the mirror and then it fades out? Well, maybe that wasn't God's will. Well, was he speaking to you then? Did his word change? 
And then there's a little cautionary note here. This is just a little parenthetical statement, you know what it is? A little parentheses. There's a lot of people that think God's telling them to do something, but it doesn't line up with the word. Jesus' word to all of his followers always followed what God has already written down. Understand that. That's just a parenthesis. Y'all follow me on that? See, there it is. It was an abundant blessing. Broken nets and sinking ships. I didn't know how to fit that in other than title it. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes in verse 10. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And we know that Jesus said, I will make thee fishers of men. Verse number 11, and when they had brought the ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's think about that a minute. And when they had brought the ships to land, full of the biggest catch of fish they had ever seen in their life. And it said he was partners with John and James. Presumably that was the second ship that was unmanned because they'd been out all night. But they had to come out and they had to help in bringing that fish in. And they brought that fish in and... And most people would look at that and say, man, we can dry this. We can can this. We'll have to set up a booth because they ain't going to buy all this. We're going to have to sell some of it ourselves. We can expand. We can get another boat. We can get a bigger boat. We can finally get this thing fixed over here that we've been wanting to fix. Thank you, Jesus. They row it to shore. They get all that. Now, I'm not getting on. I'm just telling you what they did. They get to shore and they say, have it. I'm following this man. So many times we get caught up with the blessing and we miss the prize. Peter could have got caught up right there with all them fish. But it said they forsook all. And him, James, and John... Somebody called it Zebedee LLC. <laughs> they said that they forsook all and followed him. That final scene, I didn't come up with this, but I like the picture. They, they begin to walk away, and there's two ships full of fish. And Zebedee comes out and says, you guys going to help me with this? Man, look at this load. And John and James and Peter, it's all yours. Dad, you go ahead. We're out of here. We're following this man. Anybody that can do this, he can do much more than this. Anybody that can satisfy this need, he can satisfy all my needs. Anybody whose word can send me in this direction for this blessing, I want to be following him for that other blessing. Peter was the one who got to walk on water when he saw Jesus Christ. Peter was the one who got to see people saved. Peter was the one on the, in, when you get into chapter 2 of the book of Acts, Peter stands up and he begins to say, Men and brethren, 
and 3,000 Jews get saved. 3,000 join the church in one day and begin to follow that master. And it all started, it all started all the way back here where he said, we've been toiling all night, we hadn't caught anything. Nevertheless, at thy word, John, James, Peter, as they walk away, there's that sign on the shore. You know, Peter and sons of Zebedee, LLC. They begin walking by. I think Peter just, and they head on. Forsook all, left it behind to follow Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible doesn't ask everybody to forsake all, but there's some things that God asks you to forsake. Forsake your sin. God asks you to forsake something. Maybe you resist it. I don't know. Not everybody's called to to give up everything, like Curtis Hudson, the missionary that went to China, like some of these other missionaries, like uh, Livingston, Dr. Livingston, I presume, who spent his entire life over in the jungles in Africa leading, leading people to Christ. God doesn't call everybody to do everything. He just asks you to go out to the deeps and launch a net here whether you feel like it or not, whether you feel like you've been toiling all night. Peter won them fish. He'd been working for them. There was something else Peter knew he needed. He said, where shall we go? To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Has Jesus spoken to your heart? Has he said, come, Has somebody tried to witness to you before and you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? I'm looking at a pretty fixed audience here. That doesn't mean that there's somebody that hadn't been saved. That doesn't mean that there's somebody that hadn't sat there in service after service. That doesn't mean that there's not somebody online. If somebody's tried to witness to them, they say, well, I've been fishing all night. And that didn't work out. All you got to do is say, nevertheless, at thy will, Lord. Blessed in his deed. While Miss Maxine plays, if you'll stand. If God's speaking to your heart.